best book bits podcast is back with a good friend of mine, Jeffrey. Jeffrey, welcome to the podcast. Thanks, Michael. Now, I know I've got a massive introduction for you, but uh, I'm going to let you introduce yourself. Uh, Jeffrey, you have worked at some amazing companies, do some amazing things, and uh, you're probably one of the best up-and-coming coaches I have ever worked with and seen. So, Jeffrey, to my audience out there that doesn't know who you are, tell us a little bit about who you are, where you've worked, and uh, why you got into coaching from software engineering. Michael, that's really kind of you. Thank you so much for having me on Best Book Bets. I've loved Best Book Bets for years. I'm really honored to be here. So my name is Jeffrey, and I'm a software engineer who has previously worked at Uber, Google, Citadel, Scale AI, and I'm currently at Rippling. And what I do as a coach is help mid-career software engineers land fulfilling roles, not just a job, but one that would maximally serve your long-term growth. I saw during the layoffs last year, many companies in the market offering to get people jobs. I saw many point solutions that are great, like giving mock interviews or helping people negotiate. But one thing that I really saw lacking was getting that in tune with their personal growth. And I've navigated between a few different companies and had several roles. And part of it was a sense that, okay, where could I grow the most? And a little bit of restlessness about, I want to be at the place that really serves my growth, but it's hard to predict that ahead of time. However, once you're at a company for a long time, you're establishing lots of social capital. And so you want to stay at a company long enough and really have a strong intention with your approach. And in this economy, it's especially easy to want to pick a job for the sake of having a job and not be entirely in touch with who you want to become in 10 years, 20 years. I think that's really important. Yeah, awesome. I, I think you hit the nail on the head and I think you're very self-aware that working for these large companies, you've worked with a lot of people that, you know, mid-career software engineers or just anyone in general, that they're picking the job for the brand of the company they work for instead of what really drives them and makes them passionate as well. So, yeah, appreciate you sharing that story. Um, tell us how you sort of got started on the, the coaching journey and why you were pivoting from you know, making good money working for great companies to now working with great people and things that you're passionate about as well. Oh, well, Michael, ever since I was a kid, I really loved tutoring. In fact, my first friend in grade school was made through tutoring, and I continued doing mentoring and tutoring throughout college. And in fact, in college, mentoring other up-and-coming computer science majors was my favorite thing to do. I came into college not knowing any programming, but just saw computer science was really interesting because it has so many transferable skills. You have all these really ambitious, enthusiastic people solving problems together and building things. And uh, I had a lot of mentors help me when I had no idea where I was getting started. And so helping other people is extremely fulfilling to me. And as I've become a software engineer, more and more, I think back to where I was two years ago or why I was five years ago. And I feel so much fulfillment in mentoring individuals. And this fulfillment is much more than I get as a software engineer doing things like coding. I really want to think about people and hear their stories on a very holistic level and really help them on all aspects of growth, similar to how I was like wanting to help my past self. 
Yeah, definitely. Well, I think you um, said something interesting. I think it's about the human element with with coaching. So obviously you start by tutoring, then mentoring, then coaching, and then obviously doing executive coaching, getting paid to help people with results and then moving the ball forward for them. But being a software engineer, you're working with code all day behind computers in, in basically probably you know, during COVID remotely from home as well, missing that human element of it. Is that sort of some of the reasons that you're finding now with your coaching career taking off, you're actually more excelling on the human element with software engineers more than, you know, coaching them on lines of code and ones and zeros. Do you find that yourself? Absolutely. I find that talking with my coaching clients to be some of the most energizing parts of my day. I do an energy audit and I find that it actively creates energy, whereas many tasks at work, I feel a bit drained after having that one-on-one interaction where I get to really hear someone that brings to me a number of topics and then we discuss them, we do some collaborative brainstorming and they leave having felt a sense of unblocking and unblocking other people to really go towards the direction of their goals and dreams. It's yeah, the most awesome. thing for me. How do you see your role as a coach and what type of topics uh, do you discuss with coaching, knowing that, you know, myself started with personal development coaching, obviously writing my book, Success in 50 Steps, coaching hundreds of people, then getting into more executive coaching. And now I just work with interesting characters like yourself, building businesses and, and systems out for themselves. But wh- where do you see your role as a coach right now and who are the type of clients that uh, you want to work with and who you are working with? Mm-hmm. So as a coach, I see my role as really getting someone to reach an outcome faster along both the most fa- fastest path as well as the most impactful path. Because oftentimes I notice when we reach for a goal, we do some behaviors that seem familiar, that seem easy, but don't really make the biggest impact towards the goal. For example, when many people find software engineering careers, they understand that some networking is important, uh, but not the type of networking that would really give them the referrals that would really help them get their dream job. And really being able to see those blind spots and in a systematically keep them on the rails to kind of put blinders on them and get them to their goal as fast as possible. My favorite clients to work with has been mid-career software engineers who are already aware of the tactical parts of interviewing and who are more than capable of doing those on their own. However, they want to get to their goal faster and with more confidence. Uh, There are a few of my clients who've had six to eight years of experience, uh, but they just felt this sense of dissatisfaction in their role. And they're like, I want to be able to step back and kind of reinvent where I really want to be. And having that clarity and forward momentum and that continued confidence that this is this unfamiliar path that you're going on, but you are getting there. It's so important to me. Yeah, well said, well said. And the reason I've got you on the podcast as well, a lot of people thinking, who is this Jeffrey character? Well, I've interviewed a lot of people, worked with a lot of people as well, but you are humbly enough to say you are not it, but yes, you are a genius and probably the next Elon Musk from my understanding in terms of machine learning, your productivity, your productivity hacks, your performance, you see things that other people don't see in terms of the speed you go and the companies you've worked for and what you've done at such a young age. It's by far more than what anyone else has ever done at their young age that I know of. So that's just a humble little um, congratulations, Jeffrey. I know you're on the on the path to big things. But for the people listening out there, can you explain a little bit about 
some of the productivity and performance hacks that you've come to acquire yourself over the years and what you said before about getting to the outcome faster someone listening out there how, how would you approach that as a coach to a, a mentee or a coaching client on how to get to the outcome faster with productivity performance and some hacks with networking as well mm-hmm. thank you michael i think the first thing to get start with is clarity the first question i ask my clients is imagine your 10 years in the future, you're meeting your idealized future self. They're ha- you're happy, you're fulfilled in everything you do. What are you doing with your day? Who have you become? What kind of skills do you have? Because I feel that this connection with your future self, and I got this from a book called Become Your Future Self by Ben Hardy uh, a few years ago, is so crucial because Frequently, as we go about our day to day, there's this reactivity to it. We feel like we're reacting to the moments and we don't have a strong connection with who I want to become. And I feel like it's that inspiring vision. It's like, oh, I want to become that person. This is the place that I'm going that gives a lot of excitement. For example, if you're planning for a vacation in a few months, uh, you're looking forward to that vacation. And in this case, you're looking forward to who you become. And I feel like the purpose of life is really to become aspirational, become someone that other people want to become. And Mm. that is how you kind of express your highest values and have integrity for yourself. Um, And so really being connected with that future vision of yourself, that's one. And for the more tactical components, keystone habits are really useful. For example, having a uh, an evening routine where you do where you really get in touch with your goals, your uh, for example, yearly goals, weekly goals, monthly goals, and daily goals, and then in the morning doing gratitude journaling to get yourself into the peak state where you feel really great about the day, and keeping very aware, essentially, of where your energy is going. Uh, another tip I like is tracking your time using something like Toggle Track or even a, a spreadsheet. Uh, another tip is doing an energy audit, which is taking each hour you spend in your day. For example, you can even do that on a Google Calendar and just highlight some cells or some events as green, yellow, or red based on whether it gives you energy, it's neutral, or it takes away your energy. And trying to keep that number as high as possible, it gives you a lot of insight into what you really feed off of, what makes you really feel alive and fulfilled there's there's probably six or seven things i want to unpack there but i just want to know where did you where did you come up with these how did where did this philosophy of hacking your life in terms of tracking time productivity what age did start off where did this come from how long you've been doing it for so can you take us back a little bit into your maybe not childhood but teenage years on on where you started to I know your res- I know your resume, and you- we've we've worked together for quite a while now. But people listening, tell us a little bit how this all started from you as well, with breaking mm-hmm. down things into numbers and quantifying energy like this. Yeah, uh, frankly, Michael, a lot of these I didn't come across myself. They've been in the self development world a lot, and I just read a lot of books. And Best Book Bits has given me a lot of the books that told me that some of these concepts could be found in the Best Book Bits books. Uh, in twelfth grade is. In, in my last year of high school, right before college, is when I discovered personal development. And I, when I went into college, I felt a lot of imposter syndrome. I felt depression. I felt anxiety. And I just 
felt this sense of overwhelm, like, oh, I'm so behind. How am I going to catch up? How am I going to learn all these things I want to learn? And having structure in the sense of tracking my time, tracking what I wanted to do, really gave me a lot of, of confidence. The scaffolding helps give me the assurance that I am using this day well. And it really helped me, my personal sanity, a lot. A, a book that really helped me was uh, Cal Newport's How to Become a Straight-A Student and Scott Young's blog on study habits, where they go into really simple systems. And I see a big blocker in really adhering to these systems, which I've had through many years in terms of I would try a system for a few weeks, be very enthusiastic, and then bump off that system, is how simple that system is and how integrated that is to our life. And I think that is actually the, a bigger tip than the system itself, is finding a system that works for you and keeping at it and keep trying to find something that works for you and then getting something that works for you. Hmm. I think so the it's key... not the system itself, but what it, how it fits with how you think. I think the key word you said there was systems. So the application of knowledge towards a direct outcome is what makes you a little bit different than the average person who just reads a personal development book to feel a little bit better or to just understand a little bit. But you were actually applying the knowledge for the schooling system and for the career system. So you're actually using these systems on a basis looking for how do you get ahead quicker or how do you get how do you move faster? So this is what I'm more interested in for my audience listening. Um, you've been there, done that. How did you land all these incredible jobs at these different companies? How did you go from one to another? Can you expand a little bit about that and how the personal development self-help moved into systems and then how did that transition into the career opportunities that you've had? Um, can you touch on a little bit about that? For each of these jobs, I had a clear goal for my first internship, which was at Uber. I wanted an internship. I applied to a bunch of places, and it was it was very late in the. Oh, sorry. Um, okay, well, let me start over with my answer. So for each of these jobs, I had a clear goal that I wanted to reach. For my first internship at Uber, I had already submitted hundreds of applications. I was late in the game, and there was this uh, event that some Uber recruiters were hosting, and it was a non-recruiting event, but I just was the first person to the event. I sat next to the presenters. I talked with them throughout, and I they just I wanted to, to get in contact with them, and then they were able to submit my resume. And so a theme of having a very solid clarity to your goal and reaching out to people who would help you get to your goal. I remember for my first new grad job at Citadel, this was a very challenging position to get. But one of my mentors, he basically helped coach me on these are the questions you should prepare for. This is the material. This is the format of the interview and get me into the mindset where I could really succeed at that outcome. Just as you would prepare for a test by taking many mock exams in as similar a setting as possible for that outcome. Similarly, in, in getting these outcomes, there's a well-defined series of steps. There is a, a system, again, like as Michael said, that gets you to your desired outcome. There's the, oftentimes a pipeline. And keeping yourself along that system uh, would all but guarantee your outcome. Awesome. So Uber, Citadel, what was uh, what were some of the other companies that you, you're working at Rippling at the moment, but what were the others in between? Yeah, so uh, Citadel was a quantum company. I was also had an internship at Google, and part of that was I really wanted to intern at a big company. And 
that was a, a really fun experience. So uh, after Agu, I went to Citadel because finance seemed interesting. And then COVID hit, and I really noticed that I feel like AI was going to be a really big thing years down the road. I was self-studying some AI, and then I, I joined Scale AI, and it was just an incredibly fun role where I got to learn a lot, wear many hats, and I think that really the role you want to get into is the role where you could grow the most, which would expand your perspective the most, which would put you into positions that feel uncomfortable, where you're uh, adding on responsibilities that are not kind of within the, your purview, and I think that's uh, where like the opportunities are most incredible. Yeah, awesome. And now you've obviously taken a U-turn into you know, working with more people on recruitment and helping them scale the, um, their careers in, you know, machine learning, software engineering, and everything that entails as well. Um, what are some of the career tips that you would give people um, in, in all industries, all areas, all countries, some things that you, general advice they would do if they wanted to change jobs, change industries? Changing your job or changing your industry can change your life. I can tell you that from personal experience the last 12 months, like getting into new fields, meeting new people and growing new businesses has been absolutely life-changing. What are some uh, tips you would give people? And I know one of them that you're about to say, which is called networking. Uh, you can touch on that, but any other things that you would um, give advice to people that want to change their careers or industry? Yeah, I think... Following your curiosity, knowing what you're curious about and being able to take small experiments towards that. It could be as simple as identifying an industry you're curious about, identifying a few people in the industry who really inspire you and who you wish to, to become and speaking with them and picking their mind a bit. And there's plenty of YouTube videos where these people are in fact interviewed and you can kind of get an idea of where that's headed, whether it's something you'd enjoy doing. And if it's what you enjoy doing, you can take a small step in doing that and just try it out. And I, the, the 21st century is really going to be a world of generalists where people become a master of many things. And so having, being acquainted with all these different fields on a shallow level, even is pretty sufficient in increasing your creativity and getting you to kind of integrate how these things work together, helping you think at a systems level. I, I recommend reading uh, blogs like a farm street or a system design primer or like a systems thinking primer is a good way to think in terms of like higher level systems and that's also a, a good way from the, the mindset perspective and doing whatever it takes to foster a mindset of curiosity and growth i find that when i'm in this area where i'm feeling joy about what i'm learning that's where i also grow the most uh, i think the worst case scenario is you the failure mode is you feel low energy, you feel a bit burnt out, you feel a bit drained about the day, and you don't have that time to really learn and grow. But I think that a life really well lived is taking every opportunity and moment and being able to grow in that moment. Mm. I think the curiosity has also taken you to many adventures and you're actually quite the, the travel blogger. And every time I speak to you, you're in a new country or a new city as well and networking with new people. Can you talk a little bit about the power of traveling, getting out of your comfort zone and going to new foreign places and uh, networking as well? Yeah, I really love just filling life up with experiences right now. I'm still very young my 20s and so having these amazing life experiences i think is really valuable uh, I'm, I'm young enough that i could still run around places and have this feeling of getting lost in the fresh air of a new place and i feel like it really helps uh take me in perspective where 
usually my identity at home is, oh, I'm a software engineer, and that kind of puts me in a box. But when I'm in a new place, when I'm vacationing, I, I'm a traveler, and I, it's the place is mysterious, I'm mysterious, and I'm able to just try on being someone else. I also love things like improv comedy and theater because the idea of just pretending to be someone different, it really helps expand the mind. It helps you think that, okay, there are paths other than the ones I can currently take. There's the career ladders, there's the rails that uh, we're traditionally on, that whereas if society or our parents told us a certain way, what we believe that we'd go a certain way. And that often ends up just being very different from where, where we go. And so being open and understanding there's just so many possibilities. I think it really helps a lot when I feel anxious about a specific outcome or a specific path not going where I expect it to. I notice there are many possibilities and it increases my enjoyment of life. 100%, 100%. I think a lot of people get stuck with, they get into a rut and a routine and that inverse, they turn themselves with the lack of self-belief and that turns into reality. So if you know that there's a lot of opportunity out there, there's a great big world, a lot of people, uh, we're just a couple of people away from changing our lives, changing network, change your life. Um, talk a little bit about your own, your own personal experience with like self-belief and where you sort of got started with uh, personal development from maybe Tony Robbins. I know we've had some interactions about that and how from that one sort of seminar could change your mindset and then from changing your mindset, change your life as well. Yeah, so I first picked up the Tony Robbins book when I started college in 2016 and and kind of had a lot of difficulty really applying these systems consistently in my own life until this year where I attended a Tony Robbins, this Unleash the Power Within, which is a flagship seminar. It was a four-day one that I did on Zoom, and it was four days, 10 hours of just jumping up and down and being full of energy. And a lot of the concepts he conveyed were really more internalized under that setting. And it just really brought me about, okay, the, the power of these paradigm shifts to change people's lives. And my, my vision is to help 10 million people shift their life trajectory one degree towards being their maximally fulfilled self. And I think that having the events, having the right paradigm shifts and the right perspectives, it really helps with that. And I'm just thinking back to so many mentors I've had in my life, so many spontaneous epiphanies. And I really want to bring about these kind of beautiful experiences where it's like the, the there's a little bit of like the, the light bulb goes up, off, or uh, a realization thinks in, and I just find it really beautiful. Uh, and one thing that stuck with me from the Tony Robbins seminar is never leave the point of a decision without taking action. And so I was listening to a Best Book Bits podcast. I saw in the caption, no, book a call with Michael, and I did it. And... <laughs> Uh, everything just snowballed from there. And he, Michael really just gave me the confidence that I could be a coach. No, I appreciate this, Jeffrey. It's actually quite interesting that the amount of people that do listen to the podcast and, you know, I think I've reached over 10 million now in terms of um, YouTube views, podcast views and that as well. Uh, the very, very small number who have actually clicked that call button and jumped on a a thing with 15 minutes and as you can attest you know changing someone's life uh, by just taking taking small action there it, what bothers me is the amount of people that listen to personal development content self-help content read books 
and I call it mental masturbation. They literally, it's all them, all them. What they don't do and fail to do is get out of their own way and say, you know what, I don't know everything. I'm going to book a call with the coach, book a call with Jeffrey, book a call with me, chat 15 minutes for free. Maybe I'll give you the right book to read at the right time. Maybe you want to work with me one-on-one for three months or six months or yourself, Jeffrey. You're only one person away from changing your life. Now, the advice that I would give myself if going back 10 years would be I wish I booked the coaching call instead of waiting all that time to book it when I drop my humility and drop my ego and realize I didn't know everything and it doesn't matter if I read a thousand books, I could have saved time. So me personally, I wasted 10 years reading a thousand books personally because I could have shortcutted that by going straight to the source, which was the author, the coach, the consultant, the business owner. Um, That's just a little rant on the power of taking action or booking in a call with a coach um, I said more of a team player. You're, you and me were on, were on par the same. We're not, I'm not the mentor. You're not the mentee. I find, as you said before, I'm learning more from you than you're learning from me. And you might say you're learning more from me than you're learning yourself. But this is the beautiful thing about coaching and the industry as a whole. Um, are you finding the same thing with your clients at the moment where you're getting more, you're learning more than you're actually giving out as well? Absolutely, right on point. In fact, coaching helps keep me accountable because it was seven years until I booked my first coaching call and I was did not have good habits. And I, there are so many of my habits which are lacking today and coaching is a method of keeping myself accountable. I don't have all the answers and I can explore it with other people. I find that it's really true. I'm better at helping other people than I am at helping myself because of being able to provide a new perspective because there's some useful nuggets of knowledge that I kind of know intuitively, but I haven't implemented in my life. Uh, and then I give it to them and then they implement it in their life. And I'm like, oh, wait, I have not thought about implementing this in my life in such a way. And it's just really beautiful. It almost feels like accountability partners in a sense. Like what I really love about coaching is the satisfying, they reach the outcome at the end of the coaching program. And that is just so beautiful for me. It's not just they learn about something and they know about something, but I see them take the action week by week and have their life satisfaction be increased. And there's a a client who we started actually tracking his life satisfaction. His life tra- satisfaction, it, it was an average of a four out of 10. We want to get it to an eight out of 10. We're already seeing great progress. And that's just the most tangible the validation of that I'm making a difference in the world. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, everything in life is, you know, it's simple, but it's hard. And so one of my mentors, Jim Rohn, talks about everything in life is simple, but it's hard. You, another way you could put it, it's actually simply hard. So some things in life aren't complicated. We just complicate it with our, we get in our own way. And the reason why we need coaches, mentors, and people around us is so we can actually get out of our own way, get out of our own head, and actually follow a simple hard path that's actually made easy over time to actually force the outcome. So the reason for getting the coach, it's not because you don't know the answer, everyone knows the answer, but it's actually doing the hard thing without being forced to do it. If you were to force an outcome on yourself, very difficult because we're all, uh, not subconsciously, but we're actually biologically lazy 
creatures. That's just how we've survived for all the years and hundreds, thousands of years. We actually need someone to push us mentally, physically, spiritually, financially, whatever it takes to force the outcome that you want to get. Obviously, it's the start of a new year, so we are kicking off season four on the podcast with Jeffrey and myself talking about coaching. I would um, speak to the audience right now and say, if you have a goal and if you've had a goal that you've carried year after year and haven't hit that goal, myself personally, it's now a health goal, so I'm dedicated to losing weight this year. I've hit financial goals, great. I've hit family goals, relationship goals. Now it's about a selfish goal, which is myself with my health. Jeffrey's got his goals himself, but my question to you is, what is the listener out there? What is your goal this year? And what is the price you would pay to get that goal achieved? Is it the price of time, energy, emotion, or money? Which one will you pay or all for? For that goal so i would recommend to jump on a call with myself or jeffrey uh definitely jeffrey more than me because i'm a bit short of time and jeffrey i know uh is increasing his calendar this year to take on clients jeffrey can you talk a little bit about some of your morning hack routines that we spoke about offline uh and the productivity about how winning the morning wins the day mm -hmm. so one thing i use is this uh, app called reflect.app it's kind of like a second brain and if you've ever used something like a, a Notion, Obsidian, Rome before, it, or a, even a bullet journal, it's basically my version of a digital bullet journal. I Each night I write down, I have this template that asks me to reflect on my night, asks me what my daily goal, weekly goal, monthly goal, yearly goal is, and it essentially keeps these goals at the top of my mind to give me that clarity, to give me that motivation, give me that sense of excitement for what I'm going to accomplish the next day. And in the morning, I have a little journal, which is just three things I'm grateful for and a little bit of reframing about, oh, if there's uh, what's a way that I can reframe some thought to be more empowering. And these little mindset tricks, it gets me to sleep feeling great, having no anxiety. There's no work on my mind. It's just uh, a satisfaction in myself and excitement for the next day. And in the morning, similarly, just setting myself up in state. And I think uh, every day is a day I'm satisfied in if I learn something that day. If like, okay, what did I do well today? Well, what's something I could have done better? What's something that I will do differently in the future? And being able to just have an answer for that, I feel uh, inner uh, at peace or satisfied with myself. Yeah, that's awesome. I also want to switch gears really quickly. Um, I know we spoke offline about the carnivore diet supplements and things as well. Talk to me a little bit about the carnivore diet, um, how you're hacking your body and regulation through that as well. So sometimes it's not about just the mental. It's also about how the physical does control the mental as well. What you eat uh, eats you. So talk about a little bit about your um, your experiments last year with the carnivore diet. Yeah, personally, I noticed that the carnivore diet uh, and intermittent fasting works best for my gut health. And this started in college where I ate a lot of kale. I ate three meals a day and I'm like, oh, I'm eating this seemingly perfect diet, but I still felt lethargic during the day. I would sometimes even fall asleep in the middle of lecture, even though I was getting eight, nine, or even 10 hours per night in sleep. And it was only this year where uh, through some serendipity, I m missed a lot of breakfast and I uh, was just at a place where it was just much easier for me to air fry some ground beef that I, I noticed that, oh, I actually feel much better. And from Tom Bilyeu Impact Theory, I heard of this thing called Viome, which they take a stool sample and then they measure 
it to recommend a diet for you. And it turns out that my oxalate pathways are kind of stressed and a lot of vegetables are high in that. And so that basically means that my body is not great at processing them. And so the result is this feeling of fatigue during the day. And ever since I've started doing one meal a day carnivore diet, I've just felt so much more energetic. I wouldn't feel uh, sluggish after the meal and also just like the anticipation for the meal. Each meal also tastes great because it's the only meal of the day. So like very excited for it and just feels like a massive reward kind of towards the end of my day. Uh, what I do is I air fry uh, two thirds pounds of ground beef. I eat some tins of sardines or some canned salmon, which are two of my favorites because they often come with a lot of calcium because, uh, for example, Trader Joe's, uh, or for the people in the United States, there's like Trader Joe's canned salmon where the, the bones and everything is like pressure cooked. And so it's very crunchy. Uh, it's not for everyone, but I just find it's a, a super delicious and structured way. And I really thrive on structure. Uh, and so, yeah, it's just, I just felt uh, the best I felt since I can't even remember. <laughs> no, that's cool. That's cool. No, I just wanted to change gears a little bit because it's not just about applying the, as I said before, mental masturbation. It's not about just listening to information. Sometimes it's actually about experimenting with your body as well and also external things like food and supplements as well. I know you've given me a couple more recommendations for supplements, which I've had, and it's absolutely changed my vision and focus when I've had those uh, as well. So thank you for that as well. Just a quick one to tie it off with coaching. Who who do you want to coach this year? Who are you looking for? Um, yeah, what are your goals around that? So to my audience out there, if they fit the criteria, obviously you don't need to be a software engineer unless you want ever in that category. But just generally speaking, for more of a personal development, self-help area, who, who are you looking at uh, coaching this year? Yeah, uh, anyone who really has a strong desire for growth, who uh, is likes to tr track their day and maybe develop a data tracking system, uh, so someone who's really full of energy. In my clients, I kind of look at people who are like me a few years ago or who I want to become, and because I feel like I really do learn more from the process of coaching. Uh, and so, yeah, my niche may be mid-career software engineers, but I am increasingly learning topics like motivational interviewing or energized leadership and want to become a, as much of a leader I can. And so meeting other like-minded people who are really interested in growth, really interested in leadership, really ambitious, other entrepreneurs, and that would uh, really be amazing. Yeah, heart. definitely. Well, just to, to recap our conversation, one of the, the reasons what I would applaud um, people to work with yourself and myself as well some of the words he said was structure which everyone needs structure uh curiosity habits morning clarity goals um they're they're the biggest things like everyone needs systems everyone needs processes we all go through life but do we grow through life and that's the difference so the reason why majority of people out there are average and when i say average i mean they're in the percentile of just an ordinary life is because they're not growing, they're going. There's a massive difference between intentionally growing, and if you are intentionally growing, you can't grow by yourself. Like the biggest companies in the world don't have one employee. They have thousands, tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands of employees. Think about the biggest brands in the world, they don't sell one item one time. They sell lots of items every single day. People treat their life casually, they're gonna be a, a casualty. 
Um, I can spit off words and rhymes, but that's that, all I'm trying to say is if you're intentional about 2024, book a coaching call with Jeffrey or myself. We can work together. We can do a two-on-one deal. Um, all I'm saying is if you're intentional about life, don't do it yourself. And if it's not me or Jeffrey, get a mentor, get a coach. Those who pay, pay attention. Those who don't pay well, they they don't get the results. So is there anything you want to leave off, Jeffrey, anything I haven't covered that you want to touch on that the audience might want to know about yourself or any topics that you want to discuss? Um, Michael, that's amazing. Definitely getting a coach is so helpful. There's this quote I read from a book where we all have an eagle inside us that has the impulse to soar and the hippopotamus that wants to wallow in the mud. And really doing whatever it takes to kind of uh, help the eagle soar and help us reach our uh, ideal selves. It's, it's just like beautiful. I've never heard that before, but I'm going to repeat it. Did you just say inside of us we have an eagle that wants to soar, but also a hippopotamus that wants to play in the mud? Yeah. Uh, I got this quote from uh, John Maxwell's book, Sometimes You Win, Sometimes You Learn, which I've okay. been recently. That's a good one. I've never, ever heard that before. Jeffrey, I think it's a good spot. Now, for more audience and want to find you, obviously, there's going to be links in the show notes before if you want to jump on a 15-minute call with Jeffrey or myself as well. Uh, but uh, where can people find you socially and where do you hang out? Yeah, I am uh, at Coder Corgi on LinkedIn and Twitter. I'll have the links in the bio as well. That's, uh, where did you get the name, uh Coda, um, sorry, I know it's the, the dog breed, is that correct? Yeah, so there's coder, as in 